Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Welcome to the hotel room here in uh, downtown Detroit. It's good to be here. All right. Well, let's rock and roll. The morning wave is where Taylor Moore picked up right where he left off. He fired a 67 in response to his Thursday 64. A couple of blemishes on the card at 8 and 16. But Mark, this is Taylor Moore uh, playing well again. He is currently, as we speak, uh, tied for the lead. There's still a golfer out there on the course right now who we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But Taylor Moore putting himself in position for potentially his second win of the season. Yeah, not looking like a guy who missed a few cuts on the spin coming in here. Mm. But he's coming back to a golf course where he played solidly last year. And, uh, you know, there's something about, you know, certain golf courses where you play well, the lines off the tee fit your eye, you see the lines on the greens. And, and today I have a lot of credit for him because, you know, backing up that good opener is sometimes hard and he was off to a bit of a sedate start and a very scorable condition conditions this morning but then you know just found a little groove there with uh, with birdies around the turn and then then built it up and I got to tell you um he is a sound young golfer mm-hmm. who was sort of unheralded coming onto the tour off the corn ferry tour and and he hits the ball well he's so reliable hits this little baby cut which is always the key for me because the bad shot turns from right to left and he sort of mitigates that with this little fade shot flattens the ball in the flight and with softer conditions that's playing to his favor right now but he's done a lot of work on on scoring shots around the greens with uh, josh gregory who works with a number of guys on tour and and he's pretty complete looking and and after that win down at the bell Spar earlier this year He's playing with the confidence, a belief, if you will. Uh, and he's sort of, he's like, you know, I, I, I belong here. And you can't put a, a measurement or value on that. That self-belief to know you can hang, to know you got what it takes to, to be around when the pressure is up means a lot. And, and he's got a little, I would say almost a swagger about him. And 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 he's pretty impressive to watch. I, I love to watch him at the golf ball because it's just, it's just so reliable. Yeah, very fit, very good game. Seems to be a true professional out there. You mentioned the fireworks around Detroit Golf Club on Friday. Man, there are birdies everywhere. Thursday played very easy, a stroke and a half under par. Even deeper 
than that on Friday. 2.3 strokes under par at the moment. So you got to get out there and you got to make birdies. And that's what uh, Cam Davis did on this Friday. He won this event a couple of years ago. He's had success around Detroit Golf Club uh, in back-to-back years. And it looks like he's going to do it again here, Mark. It was a 65 on Friday. He makes a double out of the gate on number 11. He started on the back nine, but his... His inward nine, the front nine on the golf course, was a 30 that was highlighted by an eagle that he made on number five. And with a bogey to finish that uh, that side, too. Um, just to the golf course, um, when I arrived on premises this morning, um, I went and had a look. And the first thing that jumped out at me was how slow the greens looked compared to last year where it was little firmer, a little faster. And it looked too like there was a bit more poanio in the greens of what there has been in the past. You know, they bent, but it looks like the poa is coming through. So the greens are a little bumpier. They're certainly slower and there's no real fright factor to them because this entire golf course, all the greens, old Donald Ross style, the rule sort of goes that you always got to play from under the hole. And with the tilt from back to front, if you hit on the right side of the flag, you can have a right to lefter. Left side of the flag, you can have a left to right. It's just the way you have this old school drainage. But if you hit the ball above the flag right now, they're just not, you know, frighteningly fast. And so it's like open season for these guys and there's not much rough. And so for a guy in Cam Davis who can get a little uh, wild off the tee, you know, he's not hemmed in. He's long, he hits it a high, second night can just swing away. And I feel like that was sort of the recipe to the win a couple of seasons ago in the playoff. And it looks like it's more of the same now. So he just gets in the tee, just swings away, finds it. It's a hard and high. And and if he makes a few putts, he's going to be a part of the storyline. So um, again, very much like Taylor Moore, coming back to a place where you've had success and, and sort of it, it breeds self-belief and confidence. And, and he's looking like it after 65. Taylor Moore in at 13 under par. We've got Cam Davis in at 10 under par. I'm going to go much further down the leaderboard here because I want to get your thoughts on Justin Thomas, who might be home already, Mark. Uh, 76-69 around Detroit Golf Club. That's one over through two rounds. It was better on Friday, but just – something slash everything not really working right now. Yeah, strange. Um, you know, I thought he had turned a corner <laughs> looking at my betting sheet we had on Tuesday after after watching him just a touch last week at Travelers. And I thought, okay, maybe the iron game is back. Um, but really, the 76, I mean, that was a bar. Oh, thank you, uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Josh. Yeah, I was going with Thomas over Marikawa. You forgot those terrible cuts you made, Mark. Here they are on screen. Oh, golly. Well, I did say Ricky Fowler for an outright. Tom Kim's missing the cut. I don't know what Norlander's doing, but JT over Colin. I want that one back. Yeah, Nor- Norlander's live. Yeah. Uh, is he? Okay, good. Um, so I, it's. I don't want to say it's concerning because golf is with these guys like a weekly thing because they're so good. And and sometimes it's just one stroke, one swing or, or one putt and you find a little something. Well, I thought it had happened, but you know, lo and behold now after 76, yes, he did fight back this morning and that's uh, shows some credit to him because you could mail it in very easily, but goodness gracious me at one stage in the full field, he was just a few positions from last place. And that's not who Justin Thomas is. So you can look at the strokes gain data and the ball striking and the putting and all this sort of thing. This is becoming mental and emotional right now. 
And, and there's going to be some questions asked. I'm certain. I'm sure they're being asked already. Because remember, before last week, it had two missed cuts in a row. Right. One of them was shooting 80-something at the U.S. Open. Now, that's forgivable. It happens. But to shoot around in the mid-70s around this golf course, which is like a dartboard, goodness gracious me, that that is that is not Justin Thomas. And so I'm keen to see how he rebounds from this. He's, he's imminently capable. We know this. But, but it, 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 I was shocked and honestly um, a, a, little, a little untoward about the whole thing right now. I don't know what to say. As of this moment, he is uh, projected to, to be 70th in the FedEx Cup standings. That's the magic number to get yourself into the playoffs. And we'll playoffs? see. Obviously. Thank you. With <laughs> Justin, he's on the ball. He's balling right now. <laughs> two rounds to go. He could certainly be uh, knocked out of that position. Obviously, a couple weeks to go, but not looking great for JT. But yes, the thing too, and what a lot of the viewers must realize is, Look, with the playoffs going from 125 to 70, that's a big deal. Um, but there's a big jump from 70 to 30. Mm -hmm. And just getting into playoffs, you know, for him to get to the Tour Championship where he's contended before, is actually one the thing, if memory serves me. Um, it's He's going to likely have to win one of the first two events. Uh, one of the first two events. So it's it's a strange situation. And then on top of that, too, a lot of these guys with the contracts and the way they, 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 they set up and stuff, and this is equipment and sponsorships and such, you know, making playoffs and advancing and playing in the tour championship and, and doing this sort of stuff, world ranking points, these, those are where the bonuses kick in for them too. So this could turn costly. Not that he needs the money, but, you know, uh, not making those bonuses is a big deal. Uh, yeah, they're they're not turning they're not turning down money either. Yeah. So yeah, definitely wants to uh, pad that uh, bank account. Now, hat I mean hat tipped Andrew Landry. He shot a sixty three, but I think the the notable stuff uh, in the morning wave we've covered. I think a lot more of the interesting stuff in the storylines came in the afternoon wave, or is currently out on the golf course. So we're going to cover that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. And we're back now, Mark, worth noting that there will only be one of us earning any single dollar. <laughs> I was waiting for how long that was going to take you. I mean, I'm impressed you made it to the first break. So kudos to you there, my friend. Thank you very much. I made it 10 minutes into the show. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, the only one of the one and done selections who made the cut. So I've got an opportunity to make up some ground on everybody this week. But Ludwig is making up some ground on maybe – well, captain's pick for that Ryder Cup team. He is currently still out on the golf course, Mark. He's four under on Friday through 16. So he's playing uh, the par 5 17th right now, which it actually looks like he's about to tap it in and put an, another birdie on the card. So he's likely to move to 12 under before he plays the last, uh, the last hole. So he is definitely in the mix heading into the weekend to try to pick off his first victory. Hey, Josh, my best bet was Ludwig top 20 for a big number two. Let's see the graphic. I bet he has it handy. 
Uh, of course he does. Here it is. There we go. There there we go. Top 20 plus two plus 225. That is like daylight robbery over there. Mm -hmm. um, but, but look, if that, that hole was playing downwind. It was like long par four for him. But, you know, I took a minute to go and watch him play today. And it is, it's just coming so easy to him right now. And uh, whereas he said yesterday he, he sort of didn't have his best stuff and was, you know, wasn't completely convinced. His golf swing is magnificent. He is so powerful. He hits the ball so hard and is always balanced, which to me is always admirable. And he's rolling the ball great. And, and you, you speak of the Ryder Cup. It's all the conversation around here. And everybody seems to be lobbying for the thing. And he's playing alongside Luke Donald. And if Luke doesn't get his head turned for the first two rounds here, nothing is going to turn his head. Because think about this for a minute, right? We've got Coanio Greens, which you're likely to have at Marco Simone. You've got similar sort of conditions, an older style golf course. This guy, I mean, you hate to have a coronation so early because it's golf. And we've seen luminaries in the past fall short, you know, with, with all sorts of commendations and stuff. But, man, this guy looks good. He truly looks good. I sort of knew it coming out of college because we were working hard to get him onto the Palmer Cup team a few years ago. But he was just a bit raw then. But something's happened, man, and he's come out and he's ready. And he's he looks like he's ready to win. So I'm keen to see how he finishes today. 18 is down, went a little right to left, playing about as easy as it can with a front hole location. And then tomorrow, I think, is – as will be a barometer for where he is with the game, because if he keeps himself in it, he could uh, he could turn on the, the the he can turn on the Jets on Sunday, I'm sure. Yeah, he did indeed tap in for birdie on 17, so he'll head to the last one shot off the lead uh, as this second round is concluding. Colin Morikawa is done; he is in at 11 under par, so that is a 66, 67 for him over the first two rounds. He's made one bogey this week. It came today on the 13th hole, but he immediately got it back and another by making eagle on 14. Mark, we've kind of been documenting this process of uh, how flush Colin has been over the course of the last couple of months. What do you see in the game now that gets him closer to the top of the leaderboard? I don't want this to come out wrong because Colin Morikawa is great. He is generational great. And he's a multiple major champion. And he's he's like the ultimate professional. He's well put together, got a beautiful golf swing, hits it great. You know, he's got all the tools. He is magnificent in front of a microphone. He's a wonderful ambassador for companies. I mean, he's got the whole thing. My daughter thinks he's good-looking as hell. I mean, this, this guy, he's the golden child, right? Yes. And, and so I'm not criticizing him, but it just wasn't as convincing to me, and I've said so on the show. But today when I saw him play a little bit, the left miss was a thing of the past, which is something he was struggling with. When he hit the, the fade that overfaded, they weren't coming up short and right. The ball was still carrying its yardage, which tells me the ball was getting struck more cleanly. So apparently, and he was saying so, what he found with the 63 in the second round in route to the miscut last week at Travelers, it must be there. Now, we've seen, I've seen this before last year where, where he was sort of struggling, and then JJ, his caddy, pointed out to him something about how his front leg was working through the ball. He posted up some more, finished strong, made it to the uh, Tour Championship, and had a good uh, good outing there. But but it looks like things are there for Colin, and timely, because, look, we've got the Open Championship down the way. He's won that before. 
with the playoffs and he's he's well positioned right now. So it's a good time for Marikawa to find a little something. Yeah, certainly finding it indeed. And uh, similar story for Ricky Fowler. I'll just Ricky do it for Fowler. <laughs> uh, same exact thing. It sounds exactly the same. Uh, who has just been a well-documented machine this year. And he is on the verge again, Mark, because he shot a Friday 65. One bogey that came at 16. He also bounced, bounces back plus one chips in for Eagle on 17. We have seen this now what feels like two or three weeks in a row. Ricky gets off to a hot start. 18's good. 36 is good. Maybe even 54 will be good. Is this the one Ricky finally closes out and adds another win to the resume? I just want to know where he's finding the energy because he's played a lot of events in a row here. And he's been in contention, which is mentally and emotionally taxing. And this week, being an ambassador for Rocket Mortgage, you know, there's after hours functions and he's doing all sorts of things. And, you know, he's like a modern day Arnold Palmer. He signs every autograph afterwards. So he's must he's found the fountain of youth somehow. Uh, and today I heard his comments off the day where he's like he didn't feel very comfortable until a good four iron on the 14th. But I looked, I mean, and then he, he held a pitch shot for Eagle on 17. And the way he reacted to it was telling to me because it's like, you know, when you get in the, uh, I don't know, college football or the NFL, right, and you score the first touchdown, you know, certain guys just go crazy because it's a big deal. <laughs> and, and the guys that really know who they are, they act like they've been there. Um, you know, I, I heard a great coach one time, his name sort of rhymes with Lou Holtz, uh, we were watching football together and coach Holtz, this guy goes over scores and he spikes the ball and he's dancing and the whole thing. And coach was having breakfast there at the club and he looks up at the TV and goes, boy's got to act like he's been there. And uh, Ricky's acting like he's been there right now. The way he reacted to the Eagle pitch in the way he reacted to not having his stuff today. It was really, really admirable and impressive. And, and, and look, it's time. I think his attitude's great. The way he's bouncing back is great. I love the way he's playing right now because oftentimes someone who's not playing well, you'll see them try and force the issue maybe, and they'll hit a shot that is not necessarily on. But Ricky's hitting the correct shot all the time. And it looks like he knows that he's not concerned with birdies not happening because they will come. So he's not trying to force the issue. He's hitting the correct shot. He's driving it great. He just needs to make a few putts over the weekend, and I think he'll be fine. Yeah, his second round, uh, fifth in strokes gained approach, putted it well. I mean, just he's he's got it. He's got it dialed right now. He is, as of this moment, one shot off the lead. So, Mark, that guy that we've been putting off talking about, waiting to see how this round finish is, finishes, is is one Taylor Pendrith, uh, currently in the midst of an eight under round uh he is actually going to have 10 feet to save par on his final hole today so he could actually go backwards so this this lead will not be deeper than 13 that's that's where it's going to be but pendrith on a golf course that he has played well at before has been steamrolling it up until this very moment where he's got a par save coming up yeah um there you can see that that's me on the golf course. That's Taylor Pendrith down the line. I did a little investigation. And this happened. He was still early in his first round. I caught him on 12 and I watched him play for a bit. Because to me, Taylor Pendrith has always been a conundrum. 
Um, his coach, Derek, uh, who's the national coach for Golf Canada, reckons that Taylor is the most talented Canadian golfer on the PGA Tour. And I could be because the, the, guy's, the guy's wildly athletic. He's tall. He's powerful. Um, but he's always just a little wild to me. And he hits this baby draw that sometimes goes bananas on him and it turns too much and then he reacts by swinging inside out a little bit too much. So he goes to this block right, fast left thing. And um, today that little baby, that little draw was just just a little baby draw. I mean, he smashed one down 12, which is a hard driving hole, and it just dripped to the left-hand side. I was like, okay, here we go. And I watched a little bit more, and he made a nice putt, and, and you could see him sort of playing with some confidence. Then I, I left the golf course, and I turned around, and he's tied for the lead. So um, he's looking good. And like I said with Cameron Davis, it's the sort of an environment where guys like that who may be a little – where they can get hemmed in a little bit too much. I feel like he'll thrive around here if he keeps going the way he is. But I'm just watching, and that's why I was investigating the golf swing to see where that thing's swing path was. And right now, it looks like it's inside of his windows. So uh, if he keeps going, if he stays where he is, I feel like he can threaten over the weekend. Yeah, so we are way – okay, so he did – wow, he made the 10-footer for par. Okay, so he is in – at 13 under. So here, here is how the leaderboard is going to shape up heading into the weekend. Uh, a pair of names at the top, Taylor Moore, Taylor, or Taylor Moore, Taylor Pendrith. They're both done. Good day for the Taylors. Uh, Ricky Fowler is in at 12 under Ludwig is playing his last hole at 12 under. And then they start lining up behind at 11 under par Mark Shank, Lauer, Aaron Rye, Colin Morikawa, Peter quest. This is, um, seemingly, and you're, you're out there. There's chances of thunderstorms, I think, still in the forecast for the rest of the weekend. I imagine this golf course is going to stay pretty soft if there is some overnight rain, and it's going to be birdies are bound around this place. Yeah, well, lead is 13 right now. Um, you've got to get to 25, I think, um, to, to be relevant. Um, and, you know, for me, we've got Colton Amanda on a set, so I'm the only guy on the ground tomorrow because Dottie's in a tower because Ian Baker Finch has the uh, week off. So I, I've got the two tailors because it's first in, last out. So someone could have, you know, got to 13 unless someone gets to 14. You're going to have the two tailors in the final group. And, and it's going to be fascinating to watch because, you know, Taylor Moore, to me, seems a lot more confident in himself than Taylor Pendrith does. Now, maybe Taylor is a little quietly confident. But, um, you know, when you've got guys like Marikawa and now, Aberg looks like he's fearless in behind. That's going to keep the pressure on. So this final group, they, they can't start playing against each other. They're going to have to seriously just get out there and play the golf course as it's in front of them, take the chances where they can, and just keep the pedal to the metal. But the key is, though, not to panic, because if you do get off to a slow-ish start, because the open to this golf course, one is fairly easy. Three, you'll have a chip wedge in there. Then you've got a par five um, that the long guys can get close to. So you can get under quickly. But if you aren't, you've got to be patient enough to just let the golf course come to you and know still then, you know, if you get around in 67 or so, you're okay. So it's it's going to be an interesting day to watch how the final group for me um, goes about their business. Uh, Ludwig has a 23-foot putt for birdie on his final hole to get to 13 under. But uh, we'll see if he can roll that rock in. Let's look at the odds board. Josh, because this thing is coming to an end here quickly. Ricky Fowler uh, is the favorite to win 
the 2023 Rocket Mortgage Classic, plus 360. Taylor Moore, 6-1. to one. Ludwig, along with Colin Morikawa and Taylor Pendrith, all at 7-1. to one. Those are the only guys in single digits before you get much deeper. Adam Shank at 16, Aaron Rye at 16, Cam Davis at 22, and so on, Mark. So uh, lots of guys lining up to vie for this thing. Yeah, and the truth is, is, is if you look at those, everyone you can make an argument against them. You know, Ricky might be playing well, but he hasn't won in a while. Uh, he was in the final group, but didn't finish it off at the U.S. Open. Taylor Moore is one win. He comes in yeah, on some spotty form, but he's playing well. Ludwig is a rookie. I mean, it's it's different over the weekends. Marikawa is a tournament winner, but hasn't been playing that great. Pendrith, we've talked about him. Adam Schenk is sort of a bit of a wild card to me because it's this tumbly little draw. He's been in position. Uh, I think it was Colonial where he was right there. And, and But for some hysteria on the final hole, would have had a chance there. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. It's, I think tomorrow is a big day, and then we'll see how, how the whole thing shakes out Sunday. Yeah, a little difficult to kind of click one of these shorter names, especially with so much movement on Friday and pre- presumably so much more movement mm. on Saturday. So we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, and obviously, Mark, we will be back after that Saturday round and, of course, the Sunday round to put a cap on this week's Rocket Mortgage. Any final thoughts? You're getting out there. You're getting uh, rocking and rolling starting tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I love Donald Ross golf courses, although this one's getting – they're shooting the grass off the place because the game is just so powerful and so long. But I love the feel of the place. Um, Detroit is a cool town. Uh, Morgan Wallen has got a big concert on the go at Ford Field just around the corner from where we are, and there's a real vibe in the city right now, so it's cool to be here. All right. Well, that's Mark Immelman. You can find him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 